What's up, everyone? Andre Scamboa here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. How's everybody doing? If this is your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you sold books, you probably have an idea of what this is about. And if you didn't sell books, let me catch you up. Basically, there's a company called Southwestern Advantage that recruits college kids every summer to go sell books door to door in a different part of the country. They even recruit kids from Europe to come do this. But they've been doing this since the Civil War, literally, like forever. And so there's like 100,000 living people still who have done this, or even as recently as this last summer, or as far back as we've had on the show since like 1968. We have those people come onto the show, they tell us their story and their experience going door to door selling books, plus what they're up to now, and we get to see how that experience impacted them in their professional career or even in their personal life sometimes. So that's kind of the gist. Hope you guys like it. Uh, just for your information, the little bit about that culture of the company, these kids are doing this for 80 hours a week, literally like Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Myself and all of our guests did this program, and it was one of the most say shifting experiences of our lives that kind of really changed the trajectory positively most of the time uh, to what our life became professionally. So hope you guys enjoy. Uh, my guest today is Nick Dale. Uh, Nick sold for five summers and he was part of the Eagle Blitz organization, which is typically the southeastern part of the country, um, like Florida, Tennessee, all the way down there. Um, he currently is the chief Operating Officer at Cardinal Senior Benefits. Uh, they are a late-term insurance company or late-stage life insurance company. Uh, phenomenal place to work. They, we've had multiple of their uh, employees and agents here on the show, and all I've heard is good news. They are crushing it. So we're going to hear a little bit more about how that happened and how they're doing that. Uh, but Nick sold from 2006 to 2010. He went to Tarleton State University and is from Prosper, Texas. His favorite scroll is also number three, I will persist until I succeed. So in a second, we'll be on with that. Ponytails Podcast. What's up, everybody? Quick off-schedule jockey spotlights. Cardinal Senior Benefits brings the best options to old people when they're dying or in case they might die and giving them final expense insurance help and guidance. Super awesome company. Check it out. Back to work. Okay, so now we're going to do the mid-rolls. Hello, ponies. I just want to let you know that uh, Will didn't invite me to his wedding. Well, Metcher didn't invite me to his wedding. He says, ooh, Andres is one of my best friends. Yeah, thanks, Will. But he is inviting you to learn more about how to help people get out of their own way <laughs> if you want to go work with Will, which I wish I was invited sometimes. Anyway, back to work. Mm. How's it going, my man? How's it going? Uh, just taking over the world. Oh, you're cracking the beer. Oh, Let's crap. go. I just got some on my computer a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We will persist right. until we succeed. That's right. I think How are, do you have it? A little bit. I think my cap, s- lock, my cap lock might be a little bit sticky after this. <laughs> you just Wipe send every off. email and you'll sound angry. <laughs> we need we have a cool place to work it's just like super angry <laughs> always, always yelling yeah always yelling i won't persist until i see oh man <laughs> bro you have a solid beard how long that that's like that's like look at oh, that been, that's like a, i've been working on this beard for you know what you know what it is uh, i'm going bald on top yeah yeah so i gotta i gotta compensate somewhere should we just oh, embrace yeah. There? Should we just embrace yeah, I, it? 
you've got the front going a little bit, maybe. I've got the back. I do. I got the dome going. Oh, no, that's the worst. That's the worst. And then you see it a picture of yourself worst. from behind, and you're like, oh, my God, Cause, nobody cause told it me. it people out. They're like, oh, he's got a hair. Then, then you turn around, they're like, oh, my God, you're so He's bald. got no hair. He's growing Voldemort back there. You're, well, you know, like, like I can grow out the front pretty good to where it's like people are like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, he's late 30s. And then like if I ever been down or whatever, they're just like, oh, yeah, I understand why you wear a hat. So. <laughs> <laughs> mine happened because of COVID. Like mine's already starting to happen. Like if I let my hair grow out, it actually would be fine. It's not a full head of hair, but I'd still have hair. But the problem is that it's thin. Mm. And so sometimes in certain lights or in certain winds, oof, it's rough. Also, COVID happened and I had my, my, all the barbers were out. So I had my roommate try to do this. And uh, right, right away it was, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to own the fact that this just is happening. Just keep doing it. Yeah. And I'm well, just going to, that way I'm ahead of the game. You the bald head, you know? A lot of guys you can't know, pull it off. They look weird. I appreciate weird that. With the bald head. It is trippy. Is that, it, they look is like that why they, you, you grow up your beard? Is to compensate? Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah, exactly. So when you said that, I was like, oh, I know what you mean. And right now I even just trimmed it. Like normally I'm trying to get it so it's majestic like yours, but it just, it takes so much patience. It takes a lot of. I I have a friend that's been on your podcast that um, he can't grow a beard and he's going to be bald someday. Oh, (laughs) it's kind of a RIP. Let's take a drink for him and then jump in. Let's just tip. Toast to whoever this oh, friend cheers, is. Cheers, cheers. Wherever this. Cheers to you, sir. Wherever the dang. There it is. Right there. Boom. Cheers. <laughs> hmm. Hey, brother. So let's let's jump in, man. Because I'm actually I've been looking forward to talking with you. We've had Pedro on the show. We've had Quentin on the show. We've had Greta on the show, uh, and of course a couple other Cardinal Senior Benefits people. But you're the guy that started it all. You're like the first domino, and so. Um, Everything that I've heard, everybody's origin story leads back to you somehow because it's like, well, when Nick did this, especially when I talked to Pedro and with Quentin, and I have a ton of questions for you because I'm trying to build a company here with this podcast and you've done something that, you know, not only have you built a company, but you've built a successful company that's literally grown and doubled since inception. So (laughs) I feel like you know something that I want to know. So um, let's catch up from, you leave Southwestern 2010 and you can be as detailed in this as you want to or not, but. How did you go from I left selling books to now I start like a, an insurance company? How did walk me through that journey first? Well, yeah, you know, you, you hear a lot of uh, I listen to a ton of podcasts and I, I hear like the origin stories all the time. There's there's uh, there's one called How I Built It. Right. And they talk oh, yeah. about the, great. Or, you heard of that? That's a yeah, awesome great podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Right. Really cool podcast. Yeah. Um, and I always hear their origin stories and they're like, you know what? I, you know, I just started doing one thing right. And next thing I know, I've got a company, you know, and they're like, I don't know how I got here. I think one of them was the ring doorbell guy. Yeah. He just started doing kind of one thing really good. And then now he's got, he, he got, he sold for a billion dollars, you know? So yeah. in, in some ways, that's how I feel. I think, you know, it's not like I, it's not like I um, was started out doing what I was doing to build a company with a hundred people, you know, it's just, I did one thing really good. And by doing that one thing really good, it just, it just grew and grew and grew. Well, really just doing one thing really good and doing the right thing for people. And that's, it it was nothing Mm -hmm. really special other than that, you know, and I, none of this would have happened without the people you mentioned, you know, like Pedro Quentin, uh, Travis Thompson's another one. 
he'd be a good yeah. one on your podcast, actually. Yeah, we gotta uh, get him on here. <laughs> Travis Mickelson, Sean Brifo, like um, Zach Wright. I mean, there's a ton of guys that like. I, I just happened to be the first one that got good with it, and and um, you know, did the right thing for people. <clears throat> but you know, I, I think I I think that as far as like where it all came from, you know, it's, I think with books, when I was selling books, like I did recruit a little bit and I didn't really have anybody work out, you know, um, I didn't really have yeah. anybody stick. And I think part of that was because in the back of my mind, you know, I had, I had one of my best friends come out and work, um, with me for a summer. I had my, my girlfriend at the time, well, actually girlfriend, current wife come and work, uh, for a summer. And then I had a couple other people too. And it didn't really, it wasn't their thing, which is okay. And, you know, I, and I think I realized that a lot, a, a lot sooner than most recruiters or, or was okay with that than really good top-notch recruiters. Like mm. some guys that brought out 20, 20 man teams. Um, I was just okay with it not being for everybody, you know, and yeah. I, I kind of great, that. which is and, and I, That's a that. <laughs> I was always friends with everybody that quit, you know? Um, yeah, I did five summers. I did really well. I thought, Hey, this is a great fit for me. I, I I'm able to make really good money and kick ass doing this. But for the average person, I would look at it and be like, the average person's going to, they're going to kind of get their ass kicked. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you yeah. just look at it objectively like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The average person is going to kind of get their teeth kicked in and it's not going to be a, a positive thing in their life. You know? Right. Um, I was like, for me though, you know, I was, I've always been an athlete. I've always been a competitor. Um, for me, it was like, I, I could not make it work just with the competitive mindset that I had. Um, so I think that's, that's the mentality that carried me through it. But for the average person, um, I, I was just, I just didn't think it was the right fit for the average person, but there are going to be some people like me that it was. And so right. as I recruited with that, as I did that, um, I, I just, I don't think I was super sold on what it was for the average person. And then- yeah. I feel like I understand that sentiment strongly. You know, I, I know what you mean. Cause there's some people that you're like, this person shouldn't come out. And then you yeah. see that same kind of person in like another org. You're like, who told you you could do this? Like, it's not that you don't want to not believe in people, but at the same time, it's, there's a very clear line and some people are definitely past it and they should be out selling books. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there's some people that you can, that you can take one look at and be like, this isn't for you. You know, at least not be. yet. At least, At not, least yet. not yet. Some people do go and yeah. grow and change. That's not to say that people can't. It's just there's definitely people right. where you're like, ooh, we crossed well, that line. Well, there's people that it's not important enough to do it. It's not important enough to them to be good at it, and that's okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's that's totally fine. Yeah, absolutely uh, correct. For the ones that did really well at it, it was important enough to, to – it was important enough to them to go through the grind and go through all the suck to get there. And for some people, it's not, and that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wasn't like super, super convicted on on the opportunity to sell books. Mm 
I loved it for me. I thought it was amazing for me. I got to do all the trips. I got to make some great money. <laughs> you know, I got to, uh, oh, I'll tell you a really embarrassing part of that. Um, <laughs> My first, after my first, uh, summer, I think I made like $13,000 and I got a check for 85 and I, I was like, man, sales is where it's at. I don't need college. I'm here to have a good time. And I'll tell you the easiest thing I've ever done in my life was that semester coming back. I made a 0.0 that first semester coming back. Nice. It, it was the easiest thing I had ever done in my entire life. But I was like, I was kind of brainwashed a little bit. Like, you know, I, I'm, I don't really need college. I just want to be here, you know, just to hang yeah. out and have a really good yeah, time. It's a cool place. Yeah. It's a cool place. Yeah. And I was like, cause all, cause now that I've, I've done this sales thing, I don't need anything else. I can just find a sales job without a degree or anything like that. So it's kind of funny how it, you know, kind of warps your mentality uh, yeah. be, being in that all on world and then coming back and you're just like, you're doing in my case, nothing. <laughs> you know, That's for, fair. For a whole semester. And it's the exact opposite, right? The two worlds are, that's probably why it's such a shocking thing for college kids where, because it's like all your life you're going, go to, go to school, get good grades, get a good job. Right. And then you go yeah. and sell books yeah. in the summer. And especially if you do even okay, like you made more money than all of your friends who are going to be doctors made. <laughs> that's yeah, at least know. at the time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, at that point, right? Yeah. And but but the but but the opportunity of you can do it on your own and you can feed a family if you just go see enough people. So now it's more about seeing enough people. That mentality opens up very 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 sharply in your face. And so then all of a sudden you go, maybe straight A's isn't the only way. I mean, it is a great way. Straight A's in the doctor school, dude, that's a pretty solid way of making a living. But it's not the only way to go and, and, and be successful. Yeah. I mean, well, if, nice. if you're not, not going to be one of those specialized, like you said, like a doctor, you know, if you're not going to be a super specialized um, degree, you know, engineering, lawyer, doctor, lawyer. Right. Yeah, it's. It, there, there is some truth to it though. It's, it's not that useful. You know, it, it really isn't. Yeah. No. Um, but that's, no but that I totally bought into it. I totally bought into it after yeah. that first summer and <laughs> I got my act together after that. You know, it took me a while to graduate, but you know, it was a great time. It was a fantastic time. Um, anyways, the point of that story is like um, after I, after I graduated, I full-time for one year. And again, that kind of that hangover of, how good is this opportunity for this average person that I'm recruiting? You know, that mm -hmm. it kind of stuck with me and I didn't have a ton of success uh, recruiting. I mean, I, I probably between full-time recruiting and just friends, mm -hmm. I probably brought out like 15 people, you know, between all that. Wow. And I had one guy hit Sizzler. Um, Interesting. And it was, yeah, it, it was, it was just an interesting experience because I had brought out some really sharp people, you know, which is, which is weird because if you would have asked someone then, I guess in 2010, Hey, do you think Nick is going to be able to build an organization with a hundred people that are all cranking? Like, like even the average person in your current organization at Cardinal is making a shit ton of money. So it's like, it's like people would have been like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he couldn't even recruit oh, full time. 
Well, your past doesn't equal your future, right? That's um, exactly right. So mm. yeah, and we all we all gotta we all gotta learn. Uh, we all got to learn about ourselves from those type of experiences. And I, I, and I knew that I couldn't keep going on recruiting for that opportunity if I wasn't totally convicted in right. the opportunity. I, I, again, I love books. I love everything it did for me, the relationships I have, the places I got to go and the, the experiences I had. And it, it has shaped who I am without a doubt. But I just wasn't convicted on the average person without my mentality, I guess I could say. Yeah. Um, and enough. so and so that conviction, I, th I think that's the reason I, I, I just I didn't have a lot of success recruiting. And then when I got to I worked with Family Heritage after that. Oh, OK, I was going to uh, say, how did you. OK, I see. Yeah. So 2010 stopped selling books. Um, just I, I knew that Family Heritage, I could jump right into it and make cash, which I did. And I did that for three years. And then during those three years, I think I recruited another 20 people into family heritage. Now, I had one person do really well for about six months during that. It was a non-book person. Um, but again, it was the same thing. Family heritage, to me, was harder than selling books in a lot of ways. Oh, um, that's odd. Yeah. How so? I thought it was because you didn't have that really regimented structure. Oh, and, I see. And you're talking about cancer all day. You know. Yeah, it's hard to stay positive when you're talking about people yeah. getting cancer yeah. and dying. Maybe. Well, possibly, well the approach, probably. the approach is, uh, hey, I'm just the one in the area talking to everybody about cancer and heart issues. You know. Oh I just it's talked to so and so. Education, I just talked to so and so. Everybody's been super friendly. Do you have a place to sit down? That's that was the approach. If you know, if you're cold knocking. And, um, you know, it's, it's not easy to do that. No. And, it, and if you're not like in that really pumped up organization and like every morning you're having breakfast together and, you know, you have all, you have basically a pep rally every Sunday. It's like all the hard stuff with books minus the pep rally stuff, you know, minus, minus all the camaraderie and encouragement because you're alone for, all but like 12 weeks a year when you're on train wars with, you know, family heritage. So right. um, I did it for three years though. I did well. I was in top 10% every year. Um, it's just it, absolutely a grind. Um, you know, it's, and so I, I looked at that and I thought, man, this person that has no, no experience selling books is it's probably not going to work out. Just looking at it objectively from a number standpoint, odds are it won't work out for you. You know, and that's how I looked yeah. at it. But that may have been the wrong mentality, but I was just really honest about it with myself. And I wasn't I wasn't super convicted in that opportunity because that's how I felt every day. I felt like this sucks <laughs> every day, you know. It's hard like, to get people to get on board with that, you know, with that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. If you, fair. In your head, you're like, man, I hate knocking on these doors and talking about cancer. I mean, it's hard to recruit like that, you know? Right. And people and can so see I, it. Maybe when you're trying to recruit them, they can see it kind of through you. They can feel it. And so, yeah, that makes sense that it wouldn't work out as well to recruit. I mean, how could they? Yeah, how could they not, right? I mean, right. Uh, you know, they, they have to see it eventually. 
So, you know, both both of those opportunities, uh, Southwestern and Family Heritage, from a sales perspective, I did pretty well in both of those opportunities. I just didn't do well with recruiting because I just like I said, my conviction was just it was absent uh, for the average person. You know, I even had um, a really high caliber former book person come in into Family Heritage that I recruited didn't work out for them you know so mm. it's uh, <laughs> like if that doesn't work out you know it's like that's that's crazy it's uh, it, it's hard to build yeah. an organization like that with that mentality yeah. too and that's uh, uh, you know that's that's not the case for everyone per se i mean some people go in there and they crush it and that's good for them but you know in your experience that just was what you were witnessing is like hey this is harder if you don't have the conviction for it and yeah. It wasn't there. I mean, yeah, you're right. Talking to people about cancer all day can wear on you for sure. And that's and that was just me like talking honestly to myself after I really right. understood that, you know. Um, but then, you know, after that, I, I got into uh, medical sales, which I did pretty well at. I was actually working for two companies at the same time. I work. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of, I guess, double dipping, but not really. But uh, <laughs> I worked for really? a, I worked for a, um, I was employee. I was an employee salesperson. I was a territory manager for this new startup for a company that is, I'm pretty sure they're out of business now. <laughs> um, and then I also worked for this other company on a 1099 basis. Hmm. I was able to kind of double dip. Neither one of, well, so to take that back, the, the other company that I worked for on a 1099 basis, um, uh, some, some issues happened to where, I guess you can call it my mistake slash their mistake, but some orders were not, I had this huge account, right? This is the biggest account in Dallas. Um, some orders didn't go through to where they dropped us. At the same time, the other company went out of business. or Well, they, they got rid of the entire sales force because nobody was reordering their product because everybody Oof. hated it. Oof. You know, it, what it was, it was, it, it was called this, uh, the, called the Reza Band. And it was like a, it was a band that goes around your neck to help stop reflux, acid reflux at night. So it like pushes on your cartilage right here, cricord cartilage. And that cartilage like pushes back enough on your esophagus to stop reflux. Well, well, that's weird. Well, I guess that it's important for people because otherwise they'll puke and then. Well, it just it makes them uncomfortable at night to have all this reflux, right? Yeah. But I sold one to my best friend and he was like, I fucking hated that thing. I, I could not fucking I was getting choked out all night by this plastic band <laughs> that kind of hurt so bad man I was like I was like oh man this company is in trouble this company's in trouble and then sure enough like yeah sure enough like um it, you know and, and I got sold a bag of beans right the recruiter found me on LinkedIn and said they had all these uh like studies and everything I'm kind of rambling on this story. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's good. I'm 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 out here for it. <laughs> this is, like, this is a lesson learned for anybody listening. And like, on like the the efficacy of this this product, you know, like how good it was. Um, 
And they were like, this is the first of its kind, first in the industry. And I'm like, awesome. This is going to be amazing. You know, like we're, we're, we're kind of pioneering this industry and all the doctors are going to be like, holy shit, this is awesome. But turns out um, all they did for those doctors was like pay for these really elaborate vacations. And they kind of signed off on some uh, studies that weren't actually totally legit. Dude. That's yeah. sketch. That you know what this reminds me of? Uh, you've seen Pursuit of Happiness, right? You've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And he was he was just selling that medical equipment sales, but then he like he like went all in with his wife. They were doing great, and he, they yeah. bought all this. And then it's like that had, like, it was obsolete or outdated. Yeah, it was like a wall high of devices. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then it was like they had to try to sell it. It was not a it wasn't a scam, but the, what happened with him was that that technology was literally obsolete by like a year later because a newer technology came out that replaced it like really quick, and so then. Yeah. You stuck with these machines they didn't sell, right? Sounds kind of like that, where you kind of got into something where you weren't aware of what the next six months were going to look like next year. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in this tricky situation where it's not so ethical and you're caught in a rock in a hard place. That's, that's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. Yeah. Not all companies are good. That's exactly. lesson learned. <laughs> well, you know, they recruit you in, they give you a, they gave us a really, they gave the sales force a really good salary and a bonus that didn't make any sense. Like it was a very high bonus, but based off the product we were selling, it didn't make any, based off the amount of volume they wanted us to sell, it didn't make any sense. It's like, this is not a smart financial decision for y'all. Y'all shouldn't be paying us this much. You know, so like, Shit. it's obviously the, like the quota was going up over time, but like we had, for to match or, or to like for them to make money off what they're paying for our bonus, it had to be quite a bit that it would go up by. But nobody was buying it again. You know, doctors were never recommending it for a second time. Yeah, that's brutal. So that's yeah, brutal. It, and that's what that that medical device. It's a whole the whole industry is based off repeat like doctor recommendation. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, you're so in it. So, so you go from insurance to medical sales, and this medical sales thing is tripping up. And now you're sitting. Yes. So, 18, 18 is when you started Carter Senior Benefits, and then so now we're now we're sitting mid twenty tens. And did you know at this point that you needed to do something on your own, or were you still looking for like how this did you was, end up there? This was 20, um, 2016. Yeah, so you're 24. just about to get there. Yeah, so this was twenty sixteen. So. Um, yeah, 2010 to 2013 or 14 was family heritage of this medical device for two years. While that was happening, you know, while my friend was like, hey, this thing is choking me the fuck out. It's terrible. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I better look for something else, you know? Yeah. And that's when Just I got jump. it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it, the writing's on the wall. It's time. And so right before they... uh Right before they uh, gave me my severance package, I, I got relicensed again. And I got hooked up with some people that I knew from, you know, probably three years prior. I had done a little bit of final expense before I got offered all the medical uh, sales positions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I already kind of know where to go. I get some contracts, get leads and everything. And um, that's what I did. So when that happened is when I got relicensed. And um, I worked for a group that was pretty hands off. You know, they gave you contracts, they gave you leads, they had one call every week. And that's how you, that, that was all your training. 
no managers, nothing. But it was just Whoa. enough. It was just enough for me to slowly learn how to do it at a high level. And um, my goal, I was kind of like a, I don't know how to describe this, but that agency was very non-recruiting focused. The one that I went to before I started, before we started recruiting for Cardinal. Um, it was very much um, like they discouraged recruiting. It was kind of mm. like a, a shotgun quarterback in like an all running offense. That was kind of the fit. That's how I fit into their agency. I see what you're saying. I, I knew I didn't want to, uh, I knew I didn't want to just be alone on an Island and just sell insurance forever. I knew I wanted to eventually recruit people mainly so I could share this awesome experience I'm having with other people, you know? So I picked up, I picked up uh, the final expense, you know, that whole, the whole setup leads, um, contracts, multiple carriers. I picked it up and it was a breath of fresh air compared to anything else I'd ever done. And I just, hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was, I didn't have to cold call all the shitty parts about what I had done. I didn't have to do here. You know, I didn't it was have a to good product. <laughs> it was a great product. It's been around for a few hundred years. I didn't have to um, do any cold calling. Um, I didn't have to even carry product around. Um, you know, I could, I could uh, set up appointments. It's not like any cold calling at all. I set up appointments. Your market uh, was growing year by year because more and more people are turning 70 or whatever. that They can't get other yeah, insurance. I mean, also, there's it was layers of, of things that I loved about it. And uh, it was super high commissions and I picked it up super fast. I mean, I got myself, I turned my financial situation around almost immediately. That's crazy. Um, you know, and it, it was awesome. I mean, it, it was amazing. And I, I was like, this is, this has a totally different feel than selling books or, you know, family heritage to me. And so when I set out to recruit with this, I was totally convicted. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that this is what I'm doing and this is what other people should do. You know, so it was a, it was a totally different feel when, um, yeah. when I started recruiting for this. And so I and think that, that's why it worked. That's why it worked. Yeah, exactly. That's so, uh, that is a huge lesson. Oh my gosh. That's people might not be who, who are listening might not realize this the value of what you just said. I, I, so I just want to point out, cause I, to me, you've enlightened me anyway. So I'm just going to speak maybe just for myself, but it's not that you didn't believe in Southwestern and what it can do for people. It's not that you didn't believe in family heritage and what it could do for people. It's just that for you specifically, Nick Dale, to be able to, and really this is the case for anybody, to be able to honestly recruit someone for a position, you have to be absolutely convicted in it. So one of two right. options, if you're sitting in a place right now where you're not convicted in the product, the culture, what you can have people experience by doing this job, you can either A, find a way to fake it till you make it, which Knock, knock, hello. We're going to get off schedule really quick to talk about Southwestern real estate. The president, Pat Roach, is a big fan of the show. He is such a cool guy to be able to hang out with, spend a lot of time with. And from everybody who's been on the show who works there, we've heard that uh, it's a pretty badass place overall. Uh, you guys heard about the 99% drama free. Well, go find out for yourselves. Click the link below. Back to work. What up, everyone? Off schedule story really quick. Cardinal Senior Benefits has... 
They're top agents grossing about 10 to 15K a week. That's a lot of units, folks. Like shit ton of units. <laughs> Pretty badass. Some people do that. More power to them. Do that, yeah. Good for them. Good for them. You know, or you can just go, no, this isn't it. I'm out. I'm going to go find the thing that I love to do. Found it. Cool. Come join because I love this. That's a great, that's a great way to do it too. I say it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, a totally so it's, it's night and day that the, the feel that you get, uh, the feeling that you get whenever you're recruiting someone with something that you are absolutely convicted in versus something you're not, it's night and day. Yeah. Um, and so with that recruiting, recruiting was almost like too easy because I was just so locked in. I was so locked in at what I was doing. I knew I was going to do it for a long time, maybe forever. Uh, so really all I did was what I mentioned when we first started was like, um, I just got good at doing one thing really well and doing right to, by people. And that's how I grew. Well, that one thing really well was just, it was just showing people a, a super attractive opportunity is all it was. And the only thing I did to do that was get people in the car with me, you know? And so I knew, I knew if I could, if I could line up a really stacked day of just appointment, 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 appointment. And all we're doing is walking into people's homes with no resistance all day, virtually no resistance. Right. Right. And signing. Cause they asked up. you to come essentially. Well, yeah. which we can talk about in a second, how you did that, but essentially, yeah, that's what happened. That's like that's like yeah. a Facebook mom going, "Hey, my kid's struggling with math. Please come to my house." And you're like, "Okay." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if I could just show them a, a super attractive like job, in my opinion, versus what I've done and what most people I know have done, then it would be, you know, that's what I need to do to recruit people. And so that's what I did. Every time I had somebody come follow me. I would just absolutely obliterate the phones. I would make sure I would just absolutely obliterate the phones and just set up a, a spectacular day and have some redundancy built in of like extra appointments that I can go to just in case. Someone cancels. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that way, if things aren't going well, we're always in front of people. And all that new recruit sees is just appointment sale appointment easy no appointment sale appointment sale appointment easy no no show you know appointment sale type stuff dinner and so <laughs> once somebody sees that and they spend the day in the car with the whole day in the car with you and they're like okay so you sold that one the, and what what was the commission you know they just start adding stuff up and they it's not easy to do that uh, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not easy to like just immediately go out there and start doing that, but you can get your skills to a point to where that's pretty much is the job, you know, is you're yeah. just, you're going out there and you're just, you're just going from appointment to appointment. Yeah. So you know, what, what every, you say? every part, and I was going to say every part of what you do, and maybe we can get into the lead generation now, because this is such a crucial part in the difference between like this opportunity and like say working for, uh, some sister company, not that again, not to shit on any sister companies, whatever, right? But like the, they, I know they have an insurance one too. And this is this is key because this is to me is what what is I think the coolest part, right? Is the the things that you guys do, all of those things are technically easy to teach, right? So the lingo about life insurance, getting licensed, it's all technical. Like anybody can do that. It's, there's no barrier to entry from the standpoint of like 
you know, like in the same way when you were recruiting a college kid and some of them were sharper than others. And so they were going to need more than just technical training. They were going to need like emotional right. training. They're gonna, right. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty much to do the actual job is very, very technical. So then the real question then becomes, okay, how do we get leads? Any, any job that's like that easily with technicalities, it becomes more like, okay, so we can, I know how to do the sit down. I know the information about the product enough that I can do a sit down. The question is how do I get sit downs? And you guys answer that problem by purchasing the leads, by finding these leads and having them be warm. So can you, can, I, was, I wanted to pick your brain on how you decided to do that and how a process kind of kind of works because people in Southwestern might not understand. They're like, wait, warm leads? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How did, how does, how did you, how did you well, come to that conclusion? And that, a lot of people, a lot of people in Southwestern are almost too proud to think they need those. Yes, I know. I know for a while I was, I think, I think I a long time ago, somebody, I think I had spoken to somebody about, Oh, I pay this much for leads. I'm like, leads. Like, I don't need that. You know, I'm a book guy. Why would I need that? (laughs) You know? And and I did have that mentality for, for quite some time, but then, then you go on to like year nine without leads in sales. And you're like, this sucks. (laughs) This is, awful you know like because yeah you can you can generate your own stuff for a whole career but uh you may have several other problems um you may have a lot more stress wrinkles you may have a drinking problem i mean who knows (laughs) or just less time Uh, with your family you know you have less time with your family maybe your kids hate you i don't know yeah but there's all sorts of other problems that come off of a, a, a sales career that all it is is cold calling. Yeah. Also, it can cause you to, and this is a, this is a fact. It can cause you to lose brain cells. If yeah, all you do just is all the stress, all that, all that, all that pressure to continuously need to figure out a way to perform and get people to sit down with you. Yeah, it probably doesn't lose brain cells, but it feels like it does cause brain damage at least after <laughs> a certain amount of years. But um, yeah, so. You asked, I'm sorry, your question was, how did you, how did you go go from like, yeah, how did you come to the conclusion that's like, you know what, it would make sense for us to buy leads. It just, it's very clear as day now, because you guys do, and you guys definitely invest in them, right? So, and it's, they're not cheap sometimes. So, so it's like, that's a heavy decision to make from someone who's going to everything you've known as cold calling up till this point in sales, right? And at this point you're 2018, right? So you've been in sales for 12 years, for 12 years of your life, you're like, I've been cold calling. That's a tough mental change to be able to go, all right, I'm going to spend money to try to get these leads as an investment. You don't even know if they were going to work. Right. So how did you come to that conclusion? Well, I I had, I had really researched um, the independent life insurance industry for a long time. Uh, So like whenever, whenever I was at family heritage back in 2013, towards the end of my family heritage career, I was kind of looking for the next step. You know, I, after I got like 60% vested, you know, they invest you after, you know, three yeah. years, 60%. I was looking for the next step. And, um, and so I was just all over these forums, these online forums that talked about like insurance and independent agents. And I would just read for, I, I read every day for months and just really learned like, Whoa. what is the independent world like, you know, and it, it was probably six to eight months before I said, you know what, I'm going to get a contract. 
and I'm going to buy some leads. And so it did take that long. So it's kind of confusing timeline, like 20, 2013, 2014, that happened. And then I got offered those medical sales jobs. Oh, I and, see. You went and, there. I wanted, and I wanted to move back to, I was in San Antonio at the time. I wanted to move back to Dallas and that's where those medical sales jobs were. So it was just kind of a weird spot. But then when the medical sales jobs went out of, you know, they got rid of the sales force. I kind of knew where to pick it back up because I had already done all that research, you know. Back that makes then. sense. So the seed has been planted for a while. And so now when you were going to do it on your yeah. own and build your company, you were like, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, well, it's, it's well, when I first started on my own, it was, again, just on my own in 2016, just to learn how to sell. Um, right. Yeah. When I first started there, I, I kind of knew where I wanted to buy leads and who I wanted to get contracts with. Um, and I just, just from all the research I had done, I, I just, I read about it enough to where I was like, oh, this is real. Um, you, people don't rip you off with their leads. Some do. Yeah. Some definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have a credible source, it's legit, you know? And, um, yeah. by that time I was like, I, I don't really want to do any cold calling anymore at all. You know, I don't even want to chase down a referral. That's yeah, how I felt about it, you know? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you just get burnt. You just get burnt out. You yeah. need, and this is a great solution. So walk me through what the typical day looks like for people that work at Carmel. Like, because now the schedule is also hard to fathom, right? And I, even for someone who has been out of the business, out of Southwestern for a while, it's hard to like understand. You don't have to work 80 hours a week to make a ton of money. <laughs> so yeah. what does like a typical day or a week kind of look like for, for someone working at your, at your company? Um, I would say you're talking about just for like a typical agent that's been there for a year. Type sure. Yeah. Someone who's got license yeah. to kind of get the lingo down. They understand, you know, what it means to sell insurance, whether actually they the product. What got what doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it, you know, it's depends on the salesperson, but I would say on average, it's about 30 hours a week, 30 to 35 hours a week. Uh, some of the, some agents are much more efficient. So that's more like 21 to 25 hours a week that, and they produce at a really high level, but, um, it's typically like two to two and a half, three days in the field. And then two days on the phone, you know, the phone sessions. And that's one thing that helped. Like when I recruited Pedro, that's one thing that helped recruit him. Um, and that just goes to show like how much, the actual opportunity and your conviction is in it too. Like I, I wouldn't have had a, a chance to recruit Pedro at family heritage. There's I would have had no chance. Someone of his caliber that's, that's got his kind of rap sheet and resume. I wouldn't yeah. have, I didn't believe He's in the stuck. opportunity. There's just right. no way, you know, there's just absolutely no way I could recruit someone of his caliber. Um, anyways, I got, <laughs> I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> No, you're all good. I was you're saying two two days on the phones, two to three days. Oh on, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, if you're doing that for twenty to thirty hours, you're you're gonna yeah. make on average on a week. What what's like what, on average? What what would you expect if I'm doing statistically, that? Statistically, statistically, yeah. our average agent does about five thousand a week. Uh, you know, annual premium, right? right? So, and if you're there for a year, your commission should be pretty much that. You know, it should be about a hundred percent, more 100%, than a hundred percent. Yeah, probably more, and more than a hundred percent. Sometimes one hundred and twenty, and if you're if you're if you're doing it, if you're cooking, 
if you're cooking with oil. Yeah. And people listening are like, how the hell do you get 120%? Well, because it's the yearly premium. So that's what you would make off the one contract for the year. And the, that client's going to be paying residually. So that's why they can pay yeah. you more than 100. Yeah. The simplest way that's to crazy. explain that is because um, it goes much higher than that, too, if you get into management. Yeah. Right. So yep. the simplest the simplest way to explain that is it's actually more like 20 something percent commission. Because um, they on average, these policies are going to last for nine to 10 years. Right. You know, or it's more like 15, whatever you want to call it, 15 to 20 percent commission. Of the 10 year premium of the 10 year block. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But that they're, they're just paying. willing to yeah. pay it all in year one. Yeah. And they're willing to for, pay most of it in year one. For a book, the way you can think about it is like this. Let's say it's 20 bucks a month to uh, sign up for the websites. Right. And that means it's $240. Right. A, a year. Right. So Southwestern just is going to upfront just pay you for 300 bucks. That's more than the person would pay in that year. But over 10 years, yeah. that's 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 not that much to southwestern yeah but it's a lot for you right away so yeah. that's how that works it's genius so they, basically, they basically buy your loyalty with commissions for that company yeah it, for, just to entice you to get it on the books for them correct but then once it's on the books they don't owe you a whole lot more they owe you a small renewal and that's it you know but yeah and, and, they, and, they're, and they're then you make a ton of money the clients will off and the, and the company made money. It's, it's pretty solid, probably solid. Insurance is an interesting industry, brother. It's crazy. And then well, that's also because so you're talking to people who are, who are old, older people, right? Because then you go into like, you know, term life insurance for younger people. You go into universal whole life, which is, I mean, depending on who you ask is greater, not, you know. And so it's, it's, a, it's a tough industry to understand. But once you kind of get the lay of the land. And it makes sense numbers wise. It's like I said, once you get the technical ability down, you're like, oh, we can cook with oil now because we can jam. Like you, you just start cranking phone calls uh, with leads that are coming in that are hot. They're warm leads. You're not calling, you're not cold calling. You're calling people who are saying, hey, hey, please, please call. I'm 70 and I need insurance. You're like, great. Yeah. Cool. Cool. It's literally yeah, it's a mom going, hey, my kid sucks at school. They're not good at math, but they're great at uh, English and they want to try to get into college. So they're nervous about the SATs. Oh, and I have a three-year-old who needs to learn to read and their colors and their animals. And you're like, great. They're like, do you have anything for those specific issues? You're like, yes, I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and uh, we're not poor. Yeah. <laughs> and this money. is where we live. Yeah, We have money. Okay Our budget is 1200 bucks. Is it okay if we have extra money? Is that... Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's yeah, what you're doing. It's kind of served up to you on a silver platter, right? And yeah, you know what's really interesting, though, is the best people that are breaking records within Cardinal are non-book people. That is interesting. It's yeah. probably because they're just not used to something else. That's probably the hardest thing to kind of – it's kind of – It's. I think I can I can maybe give it, give it something similar. When COVID happened – uh, all the kids that were first years that summer, they did yeah. great. All the B managers did not. I mean, I'm saying all, really? it's an extreme. Most, most B managers did not, I should say. Uh, but all the A's, all the first years, and some of the even third C contracts, not so hot. Because they had a hard time adjusting that. to because they Because the first part of the summer, they had to call over the phone. It was phone calling. And yeah. they were doing Zoom sales, right? Because everybody was shut down. And so the first like month, first four weeks or something, they were selling over Zoom with, and they had to call referrals. 
It wasn't that. So if you last summer, you were like, we went, it was 2019. We went door to door. I mean, you know, 30 grand going straight cold calling door to door. And now this year, it's like, you're going to do zoom sales. It's the opposite of what you were training. So again, it's, you have to, you have to learn that new way versus like the first years, they don't know anything other than what this is, this is going to happen. We're going to call over zoom and they're like, all right, you know, and they're coachable. Right. So, so it just was, I think it's just easier for new people to just adapt to whatever the new deal is versus like a book kid who might struggle at first, right. To just be like, well, this is different. Uh, okay. And it just, yeah. it's that learning curve. I, I think as, is in my yeah, theory. As a book person, you probably just like, you just want to get out there and, you know, get face to face. But uh, did they have a really good summer that, that summer? Some of them did because then the next then the next two months of the summer they were not sold door to door so it wasn't a big deal but like it was just that first four weeks they ate shit a little bit yeah and and again it wasn't all of them some of them just dove in right in and they they were like yeah okay but some bees really like that was a tough that was a tough transition for them so yeah I mean I think it's the same idea the you know we keep track of like the top I don't know fifty weeks. Well, I mean, I can, I guess I can look at any week, but if you look at our top like 30 weeks of all time at Cardinal, it's like almost, I mean, probably 60% is non book uh, people. That's super interesting. I might be exaggerating it, maybe like 50, but I That's mean, chunk. I mean you'd expect guys, it to be 10. <laughs> there's a handful of guys that didn't sell books that just consistently destroy it. Um, like, and they're and they're consistent with their destroying of it, you know. Like yeah. it's just like what's constant. what's the top? What are the what are the average top five people making a cardinal? For like maybe someone's listening and like shit, I can go do that. Well, if, if you're if you're top dog, what can you expect? You know, on a on a in a month. Oh, um, well, you the the top guys are usually issuing like sixty thousand plus. Damn, a month. Yeah, it, that's issued. That's wild. They're usually, they're usually issuing like sixty thousand plus. Right, but if their commission's even like ninety percent or whatever, yeah, I mean that's not but a bad the month. Thing that you got to factor in though is obviously there is cancellations, and then there's right. products. There's also some products we sell that aren't that high. Sure. Yeah. Sure, but so, but I mean you're it's still, you're not. I mean you're if you're a top dog and you're not making ten grand a, a month. You're doing it like something's wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're doing, you're doing, yeah. Like if you if you expect to be number, even in the top 10 of, at Cardinal, you're going to be, you'll, you'll feed your family very okay. Is, is a point. That's we had crazy. a non-book guy. Um, his name is Lucas Holland. And okay. he had a $41,000 week. Jeez. Uh, uh, in premium, so that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Oh, damn. And he's like 26, 27. Just crazy. Just stacking, just stacking cash, man. I wish I was that wise when I was that age, dude. That's. I was definitely know. not that wise. <laughs> that's so crazy, man. Well, shit, man. Congratulations. Congratulations on doing this and, 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 and building that. Um, I know we're, we're limited on some time, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about yourself, Western experience, and then maybe some ponytails. Um, yeah. 
but uh, I always like to ask on the show, we always like to ask, how the hell did you get recruited? And kind of like specifically your first summer, because I was always like the one that we all relate to. We all had a, like a crazy first summer. So can you let us know a little bit about how you got recruited and, and, and how, how like sales school, your first customers, right? How, how did I, that little bit of your life go? Yeah. Um, so 2006, um, I think I was kind of a I was kind of an older recruit. I was already 21 whenever I was recruited. Um I kind of fumbled around in college for a few years, just kind of, I guess I, I was, I was a big time athlete in high school, you know? Um, right. I had a school record for like the discus. I was like, went to regionals every year for golf. I was a all, all regional football player and like a district MVP. Um, so, I mean, I, I had, I was just always into sports. Right. And so after school, and you go to college and like, there's just that outlet is not there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what initially attracted me to sell books is kind of having that competitive outlet. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so Travis Thompson, he, he sent me over to a one-on-one info session with Wade Floyd. And I thought that Wade was smooth as shit. <laughs> I didn't I at the time I didn't know it was a canned sales pitch. Oh, you know, he, he was good. Session, the info session is a hundred percent canned. I did some, yeah. you know, it's like you know exactly yeah. what you're gonna say. Yeah, you know, but it's yeah. super smooth. And um I was like, man, I'm in, right? Um, let's do this. I, I went to uh, I was in the same fraternity as Travis Thompson, AGR, the agriculture fraternity for right. Uh, let's see. Yep. Tarleton state. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I went to that. This was probably in the beginning of this, the, uh, the fall semester. So really early on. And then I went and saw Travis a few times. I talked to some other people, my parents, you know how this goes friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's a scam. Um, yeah. <laughs> And then another another guy I knew was like, oh, I know so-and-so who did that. She was knocking on doors, and it sucked, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't make that much. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my, man. My friend's cousin's neighbor did this. It was awful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of heard a bunch of stuff. And I just kind of – it just – the interest somewhat withered away, you know? And so I kind of went cold for – I don't know. Let's go. Yeah, You're I, I, went, those. I told Travis, <laughs> like, I'm not doing that, man. And I was probably cold for six months to, to whatever, however long, you know, from the beginning of the fall to right before the summer. I was cold for that time. A chunk. A chunk. Seven months almost, yeah. <laughs> but, but Travis didn't, I mean, Travis didn't really ask me about it. I knew he was going to leave for the summer. Um, and then... I was uh, working at this tire shop. I was a grease monkey, man. I just, I just was in there just putting on tires, putting on tires uh, every single day, just in, in the, uh, in the shop. I had came home with grease on me every single day, busting my ass. What up ponies? I've scheduled story really quick. Uh, I wanted to shout out Quentin Roberts episode number 140 in it. He talks about how he built such a fantastic culture at the company 
Cardinal Sooner Benefits. If you want more information on that, click the link below or go check out that episode. Back to work. Knock, knock. Last off-schedule story. Guys, I want to tell you about my good friend, Alex Black. I used to work over at Enlight Energy, and it was a pleasure working with him and that entire company. Um, definitely would recommend you guys check out what that opportunity is. It was a great way to make money, and it was one of the most uh, rewarding experiences I had to help people take ownership of their power. It's pretty cool. So on that note, let's finish up this episode. Bye. And like every two weeks, I'd get like 140 bucks. You know, it was awful. Wow. Little did you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I was doing that and, and I, it was like getting close to the summer. And I remember uh, I was just thinking, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> like there's thousands of people going to college. I am just one of them. Yep. You know, that's what I remember thinking. There's thousands of people going to college and I am just one of them. And chances are, I'm not going to make the best grades to stand out, you know? Um, and this tired job's not going to help me get a job. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Let's go. And then I, I just remember Paige, or, uh, Travis, I saw him at the AGR house the day before we left when we were just, it was kind of like a last minute, let's drink together, like big bash at the house, you know, and like the end of the school year type semester type bash. It was a pretty large party. And we were just drinking. And I said, dude, and then I was, I was probably like, I mean, I was a lot of drinks in at this point. Um, <laughs> and I said, I said, Hey, when are you leaving tomorrow? And he's like, oh, I got to get up at like 530. Uh, I got to get to my mom's house and pack a bunch of shit up. He didn't say it that clearly. It was slurred when he said it. Yeah. You know? And I got to meet at the Safeway so we can drive out of here. What a- so I'm going to get up at 530 and you know, <laughs> hopefully I get up and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and I was like, hey, I'll come with you. And he was like, OK, all right, fine. I don't think he believed me at all. And then. Um, you know, we, we kept, we went, went ahead and partied the rest of that night. And um, like five o'clock, Travis comes in and wakes me up. And I remember what I said. <laughs> I remember that I told him that I'm coming with him. And I was like, well, I was like, well, shit, I, I better go. Like, I, I just yeah. need to do this. Like I just need to not think about it and just do it, you know? So it was almost like a very, it was like a, you know, uh, what are they, what's that saying? A drunk, a drunk man's words or a, a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts. Yeah. Is that, is that how saying goes? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, subconsciously I knew I needed to do it. Damn. And so right when he woke me up, I was just like, all right, yeah, I, this is what I need to do. I, I have to go now. Like I need to change something in my life. And you just left. And I just left. I, I, I left. I left. Yo. Uh, I left um, wild. school that day. I also went to my parents' house, packed up a bunch of shit. My parents were two and a half hours away, but you know, so keep in mind too, like I didn't know what the plan was because I wasn't prepared. Yeah, you, have, you hadn't been, been trained. You, you were cold. I yeah. went cold very quickly 
I so you don't even know. You, I had no idea we were driving. Oh, my God. You didn't know you were about to – where were you? This is in Texas, so this is, what, a 12-hour yeah. drive? Something like that, yeah. You're like, oh, we're going to go, what? Yeah. I, I thought like, we were going to just do it up to the campus. What the – I didn't. I didn't know the. I didn't know the. Uh, the the oh gravity my of my decision God. at all. I did not know the gravity. No, of I mean it changed your entire life. Whatever you were drinking on that day, you should keep drinking on that and make decisions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like moonshine. Cool. I'm gonna drink a lot of moonshine. It's just like Keystone Ice, which I will never drink again. Hey, but Keystone <laughs> changed your life. Now we're not sponsored by Keystone, but we could be. But it changed your life. <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah man so i i uh got you to, get to nashville I, I went to nashville i mean i was like i was still kind of like oh we're gonna we're gonna like sell some stuff and hang out and like you know it's gonna be fun it's gonna be no. a good time it's gonna be like like kind of leisurely in my mind that's what i thought and then i got oh, there boy. and i was like man this is not what i thought at all there's just like people running around, crazy fucking loon bags looking in a mirror, practicing things. People taking cold showers. Yeah, like what the hell did I sign up for? Circle rituals. <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then I can't remember what it was that like I just remember I think somebody had like an old pace setter or something or a superstar book, and I was like. That's what kind of turned me around. Was Interesting. Because I, I, saw, I saw like, oh, this is like a sport. You know, this is like a, this is like a, this is a competition. This is just a large competition and this is serious. You know, like yeah. you need to take this seriously. Yeah. And so that's what kind of turned me around. I was like, I'm going to, I am going to get up on time. I am going to take the cold showers. You know, I am going to do, I'm going to practice in the, the mirror like a crazy fucking loon bag. Like everybody else does, you know, or, or outside. I am a loon bag. Let's go. <laughs> just an absolute nutbag. Um, oh my god, dude! But, but the I was, memories. I was very much a. I was very much a. Um, like jock, I guess type sales, not a jock type sports guy, like because that's what I that's what I grew up as, and I played lots of sports. Um, and so I, I was definitely not a salesperson. Like I was awful. I was fucking awful. I was terrible at sales. Um, I would say I was awful until, um, halfway through family heritage. I wasn't good. I got really? better, but I didn't feel like I was good at it until I was halfway through it. And then really when I got into final expense, because I was totally convicted, I felt I was actually really good at it. There it is, and it clicked. Um, Damn. I just I just busted my ass because it was it was a competition to me. You know, that's that that was my superpower. I was terrible at sales, but I was good at busting my ass. And that's uh, that's eighty percent of it. That's eighty yeah. percent of it. Where yeah. where did you go that first summer? Or I guess where did you go your five summers? You went, what was your first, like where did you sell? Uh, Ohio, Ooh, Georgia. Nice. Tennessee, Ooh. not not too far from the company, so that was not fun. And that was in two thousand and nine. Yeah, right after the recession. And it's nobody wanted to buy anything. Uh, it was it was my it was my uh, only summer 
Uh, oh, it was my only summer other than my first under 5,000, I think. So, yeah, wow. it, was, it was a dip. Um, it was just, it got to me. I know there's a lot of people that probably did really well in those areas, but I just didn't. And you're uh, talking about units. So, for people, yeah. 5,000 units. So, in today's profit, it would have been like 40 grand of profit for the summer. It's not bad. Yeah, I don't think I ever made that much because I had a lot of expenses, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite surf to sell in? Mississippi. Oh, yeah. They need education down there. I love Mississippi. Everybody needs books. (laughs) Mississippi was like, I think it was was a culmination of things that came together. Like, I got pretty good at at books, uh, relatively speaking, compared to where I started. And uh, it was just a fantastic, I mean, super friendly turf. So, it kind of culminated in that. That was my best summer. Yeah, and we. I, I worked zero city that that year. Zero country city. is the best. Country yeah. is the best, sir. It's awesome. Country is the best. Everybody's nice. They're all happy. Some people are just like, come in, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. And you would knock. <laughs> I saw you come out the driveway and knock. Come on in. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Man, it was just a, it was just a fun summer, dude. We were in Meridian, Mississippi, and my roommate at the time was a walker and he could sing like really good. Like he was, he could have been on like American Idol. Oh, he's every like, morning, he's talented. every morning on the way to our turf on the way back home, he would be singing like mainly rascal flats, but um, <laughs> it was just awesome my play. wish for you. Is that rascal flats? <laughs> That 09 Rascal Flats, I think I had it. Into, you know, like, <laughs> like really negative stuff. Because <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have a great experience. Um, oh. He hit Sizzler, and he did it because um, one guy bought the bag, or like 10 bags. I think it was like 10 bags, because he was uh, like ahead of a school or something. Hey, that's all it takes. You just, take, you just need one of them ponies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Hey, so we're coming up here on some time because I know you, I know you got a schedule to keep up with. So uh, this means two things. One, we have to have you back to hear more book stories and more pick your brain some more about how to build a solid company. Uh, and, two, uh, and two, I need to jump in into some ponytails. So you got to give me at least one or two, speaking of ponies, right? You can It can be like an actual pony or like it could be your favorite story from – your time selling books or maybe since maybe it was something that really cool that happened at family heritage with it something really cool that happened uh you know uh during cardinals but 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 here's the thing just so you have an idea of what people have said like yvette gave us her like top three lessons of leadership that she learned over her career other lee mccroskey told us the time he shit his pants in front of a post office everything in between so like yeah. it's really your uh but here are the ponytails or uh, however many you want to give us depending on how much time you got but it's um Nick Dale's ponytails. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's nice. Um, I will give you one uh, juicy one from when I was at Family Heritage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Family Heritage, I was in, I think, Cuero, Texas, which is like um, by Victoria. It's kind of South Texas, but I was on a uh, train more, which, you know, it's kind of like a blitz week. 
where they all get everybody gets together and they go sell in an area you've never sold before and you just work your balls off, right? Yes, um, sir. So I was on a train more and I was just frantically knocking in this area. And I was kind of I was kind of had that commission breath started to started <laughs> to emerge, you know, where it's like I need to make say I need to sit with somebody first of all, and I need to make sale. And um, I knocked on this um, single wide trailer and it was this pretty large man with his shirt off. Um, Like he was probably like six, four and 330 pounds. Like he was a big guy, not fat, not like really fat, but just a big dude, you know, but very nice. He's probably 30 years old. He invited me in and we were sitting down. I was, you know, going through my presentation binder, like showing him everything. He's eating it up. He's loving it. He's thinking about getting this for him, like the accident policy for himself and the cancer and heart policy for his mom. You know, and I'm like, all right, you know, this is a big one. Here we go. (laughs) Excellent. Like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. And then I'm getting to where it's like, it's, I'm, I'm almost like, I'm almost veering off my presentation because I'm so confident I'm making a sale. You know, I'm like almost just like getting into other things because I know it's already, I know it's like a foregone conclusion. How about them cowboys? <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I'm like so comfortable with this guy that I'm like, man, this is great. I got a sale. This guy is cool. And then when it's right before we wrap up, he goes, hey, man, this might sound really crazy, but have you heard of these websites that, you know, guys are making 10, 5, 10, $15,000 a month for pictures of your feet? <laughs> and I was like, I have not heard of that. Like, this is. Oh, my God. That's, I was like, that seems way too easy. Like, I was very interested in it, actually. No, but go on. I was like, that seems really, really easy. Like, no way people are doing that. And he showed me the website. And he goes, dude, let me see your feet. I could tell you if I think you could be on there. And at that point, I was like, what the fuck? I was like... I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my God, dude. So I'm sitting there without my socks and shoes on. Yeah, you did it. Let's go. Bye. You know, Hey, get that sale, man. You got to close. I was like, man, I'm getting a sale. Screw it. I'll show this guy my feet, right? Yeah, a little, little extra. Yeah, I'll show this guy discount. my feet. <laughs> Not a discount, but it's, it's included. We'll throw it in there. And still, my, my sales hat's like way on right now. I... I I have no like alert at all. I'm just like sales focused, like kind of doing what I got to do to get three applications right here, you know, in this house. And um, he, and he looks at my feet and he's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You could, yes, you can make some serious money on this website. Ooh. And I'm like, Oh, you think so? I was like, that's, that's cool. And he's like, Actually, I've got a room in the back. 
Oh my uh, God. I've, I've actually got a camera set up already. <laughs> and Please tell me there's point, pictures of your feet on the internet. Please tell me there's pictures of your feet on the internet. <laughs> um, at that point, my, my alert went off. I was like, oh, is a little weird. But the pictures turned out great, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no, I'm Let's see him. Let's see him, Nick. Take your shoes off. Roll <laughs> on the screen. We can a Nick Dale exclusive. <laughs> no, but, but at the point that he said Nick. this, he was getting like really almost like stressed and antsy, but he was like getting worked up. It was weird. He, he was, was like creepy. salivating. It was. He was just like, well, I think we can just do it real fast. We we can just get in there real fast. His like tone sped up. You know, like. He got real fucking weird, real fast. That's some Jeffrey Dahmer shit right there, man. It was, dude. That's was like, really we're going to take pictures and then I'm going to eat you. <laughs> yes, Hope you have this accidental insurance. He had those vibes, man. He really did. And, um, and so I was like, you know what? I would love to do that. I have to see somebody in about 30 minutes. I have an appointment that I have to go to. And so I started to try to like walk out of there. And oh have you ever God. seen that scene from like um, uh, Along Came Polly where yeah. like he takes the jump shot and then just his face just plants on the guy's chest? Yeah. And he just, he just like, like eats a sweat. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, so Rain dance. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar to that because he, it was this tiny like single wide trailer, very small door already, right? Oh my God. No way, and- Nick. <laughs> He had got up faster than me. So, like, w- the way we were sitting was, like, we were sitting to where I was actually closer to the door than he was. Oh, so I was no, like, I got to go to this appointment. And so I started walking to the door, but he beat me to the door. He was like, seriously, it won't take long. We can take the pictures. We'll split the money. No we'll way, take dude. The of your feet. We'll split it. And I was like, uh, uh yeah. I'll come back after the appointment. And then I had to just, I had to like walk through his body almost. Like it was just like, like everything just like slammed up against me. Oh, as I like, no. as I like were you still barefoot? What? <laughs> were you still barefoot? Or did you put your shoes back no, on? I, like, I grabbed my shoes. I was like running out barefoot with my sales binder. <laughs> and I just like, I just like slithered across his body and like forced my way out. Oh my God, dude. It was no bad, dude. way. <laughs> I, I like came out of that house like all sweaty and it wasn't my sweat. And it, just it was like, his. I like jumped out of the house. It was, it was the most scary. As a man, like as I've never felt that way. Before. Nick, I'm disappointed. You didn't close. You just you just I got out of there. Close. I did not close. I still have his contact information. You can go back and close, especially now. You can get and subscriptions now. Feet, you know, dude, you can take subscriptions now. Get some feet. <laughs> maybe get some hands. Wear some rings on them. Get a pedicure. Get them all nice and polished. You can be prepped. Well, that guy's probably in jail now, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can. If I can. Oh. Wow, that's rough. Famous foot murderer. I should Google that. You should find him. Let us know. And we will let, if he is in jail, I would love to like the next episode. Be like, hey, by the way, if you guys listen to the last episode, 
we have an like, update on <laughs> like an update on this murder i ran into <laughs> yeah or next time i have you on we should have you on back on like next month or something and do like a like a or or we can find a way to figure out that we can have you on for like halloween with you and like pedro or or, or quinn and we can do like scary scary summer stories like creepy summer stories like that <laughs> man i should really i really should look this guy up Find him for, for the love of God. Find him. We need to know. We need to know what happened. There's, to the a, foot. there's a seventy percent chance he's in prison right now. The foot finder. The, the what is it? What should we call him? The 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 the, the foot finagler. The foot pedophile. <laughs> the foot fetish. The foot. There's the is it? Is it? There's a, there's a name for it. Uh, fetish. The foot fetish strangler. The foot fetish strangler, Fet- foot fetishism. There's like an actual name for it. It would make olfactophilia. The olfactophilia is... strangler. That's mm, sexy. <laughs> you know, we've seen it all now on the Ponytails podcast. We might as well just stop doing episodes. This is it. <laughs> oh my man. Well, hey brother, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. This has been a blast, man. It's been good to pick your brain on stuff. It's it, the lessons I've learned here. Uh, are been about conviction and the power of conviction and how it can change your life. So that just gets me more convicted in what we're doing here. So hopefully you had a blast. Hopefully it was good for you as well. But uh, I, on my end, thank you so much. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you having me on and, and I truly respect, you know, everything you're doing, kind of pioneering the, uh, the podcast um, stuff in the Southwestern world, man. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Guys, we're going to get out of here. My name is Andre Scamboa. Thank you so much for listening in. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out, everybody. Bye.